All right. Let's start reading this. <laughs> Dear Simeon. If you're listening to this, it means mom and dad got married, fell even more deeply in love, and had you. And so, we made this podcast. One for each year of your life. To let you in on what life was like before you. And hopefully give you some valuable insights along the way. So, a few caveats before we start the launching of this podcast. We'll get into later why it's called Dear Simeon, but I just want to say a couple things. First, I want to speak a little bit into emotional purity. Christine and I are just engaged right now. Mm. Yeah, uh, this will be really awkward if, if you're we listening to this. We don't get married. <laughs> so, Christine, do you have anything to say on emotional purity as we record this podcast? Um, I think it's good for both of us to keep a general sense of there's still you know ifs there are still hypotheticals and god's will is what we want to follow the most and can be crazy and an unforeseen path at times or really most of the time so we will hopefully stay united in this discernment process to get engaged and to pursue marriage but always with an open mind for what the lord may bring and christine had an alternative title this episode at one point in time <laughs> she wanted to call it dear simeon episode one engagement was harder than we thought much harder than we thought <laughs> yeah and so we're continuing to like she said see what the lord has in store wading through a lot of gunk but as i once heard you want to get the gold sometimes you gotta fight the dragon or as my roommate joel said yesterday without the sword there is no swole <laughs> and so we want to get swole and we're in this engagement process Every little bump along the way is going to actually give us a stronger relationship, a stronger marriage. So that way, if and when we foster little Simeons and Simeonas into the world, we'll be the best parents we can be. So, Christine, a couple other caveats we need to address. We talked about emotional purity, not getting too ahead of ourselves. Right now, we're about seven months out from marriage. Mm-hmm. I have a couple other what-ifs here. What if we're recording this episode, Dear Simeon, this series, what if Simeon is a girl? What do you think? Well... Probably won't name her Simeon. I mean, hopefully most of the things apply, but just in the sense that we have no idea what God has planned. I think for all intensive purposes, the vision and the goal here is not necessarily speaking to... One specific person. Yeah, speaking to our imaginal, imaginative, imagination. Imagined? Imagined, hypothetical kid. Knowing that if you're actually listening to this in 16 or 18 years, you'll be a person that we never would have foreseen. We can't really imagine to create a God-given, rational, unique, and individual soul in the same way the Lord could have. So Mm -hmm. we know that this is all kind of a a fun little experiment. Yeah, I think it's an expression of how much Cody and I both desire children in the future and desire to show that child or those children the beauty that God has shown us and to pass on any little pearls of wisdom that we may know and share our own mistakes and our own faults to help anyone who listens to this to grow closer to the Lord. Mostly Simeon. (laughs) I guess it would be called Dear Everyone if it was for everyone, mostly, but Dear Simeon. Christine, what do we do if someday we find out in the next few years of marriage that maybe we're not able to have kids of our own, we adopt, maybe the kid's name isn't actually Simeon? Does what we're saying still matter right now? Of course. (laughs) But why? 
It matters because, like you were saying, we are finite in our thought of what we could create or what could be our future. And I think what God desires for us and what he has planned for us is so much greater than what we could imagine. And so these realizations, these hopes, these dreams that we hope to put forth in this podcast would only become more enlightened and more fruitful when placed with God's will, whatever that is. And so though we may imagine it one way, uh, what God imagines for us is greater. And we hope that this idea, this adventure would not uh, conflict with conflict. conflict, conflict with what God has desired for us. And so with all those things, they would hopefully enhance one another, bring each other closer to the truth that God desires to reveal. Yeah. What if our envisioned child never has the capability to actually listen to this podcast, whether that's maybe, God forbid, someday there's a a miscarriage? Would this still all have been worth it? I think it's important to understand that any work sown to be more fruitful for the Lord's kingdom will not go unnourished, will not bear no fruit. Um, And so in any case, though it may not be, again, like exactly how we envision it, I think there's no doubt in my mind that with good intentions, with God's will, with our intentions to love our children in this way, that it will be fruitful in some way. And I think it's just, you know, waiting to see how it will be and what will manifest from it going forth. Yeah. So here we are in closet (laughs) recording this first of probably about 100 podcasts. Maybe you'll live to be 110. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Cody, do you want to go ahead and share why Simeon? Why is that the name that has been chosen for this podcast? Why it's important to you? Well, Simeon, Mimian. It's a little bit of selfishness. I think I spent the first 18 years of my life thinking that my birthday was on Groundhog's Day, which it is. Don't get me wrong. Love Punxsutawney Phil. I was thinking about Phil or Punks for our first child's name. But I haven't told you that one yet. (laughs) But yeah, I think as I got older, as I got more into my Catholic faith, I eventually came to realize that February 2nd, the date of my birth, was also the date of the presentation of the Lord. And at some point in time, really fell in love with this character of Simeon that we'll read about in just a little bit here. His ability to wait in the Lord, his ability to consecrate his entire life to this one moment to bless, to anoint the Son of God. I think there's a real beauty in him saying, I'll live my entire 50 or 60 year life for this one moment with the Lord. I think that's how we should probably live our lives too. Mm -hmm. Other fun facts. Simeon would be super cutely abbreviated into Simba, so maybe that'll be a nickname someday, or maybe a nickname. You've outgrown since then, but you could hold a baby up in the air and sing that song. What's that song, Christine? Um, the Circle of Life. No. No. It's Swahili. Um, How's that go again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. And for a while, your mother didn't really want you to be named Simeon. But she was one over to it. I would say prior to this podcast recording, I was still still not fully won over, but Cody is so enthralled by this. Sort of. Name, the idea that he can have Simeon. Wait, what? You can have the name. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that just happened. Next up is your little brother, Cornelius, who will be aptly nicknamed Leo. That's the next battle here. I guess I just won the first one for your name. So, amen, hallelujah. Well, I think one of the things I kind of wanted to do in this podcast was tie in scripture a little bit. So this will be kind of the the bedtime story segment, maybe. 
<laughs> For this first week, though, I wanted to go into scripture and kind of just look at the passage of Simeon. And yeah, again, look at maybe your namesake, if you are indeed a Simeon or Simeona. And we'll just open up to Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. Maybe, Christine, if you want to read verses 22 to 23, and I'll read 24 to 38. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll start. I'll read to 32. You pick up from there. Jesus is presented in the temple. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to the temple in Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people of Israel. And maybe we'll we'll take a detour here. So what's sticking out to you, Christine? hate to call you mom because that's that's where emotional prudence crosses the line. (laughs) I think what sticks out to me is kind of in our day and age, it's very common to think about future plans of children and talk about them as like commodities in the sense of, oh, I don't want to have kids because I'm doing this or my plans don't include kids because of these reasons. And I think in our human nature, we like to control things. And in that desire to control, we take ownership. We try to take ownership of things that aren't ours, like like time, our family, the people around us. And so I think in the presentation, we see this true embodiment of a child as a gift, a true blessing that especially wasn't planned for in this circumstance with Mary and Joseph. But the truth of this child has been given to us from God and therefore will always belong to God. And we have this temporary time with the soul of our child. We have this responsibility to bring them to the Lord as much as possible. And just kind of taking that step back into obedience and into the law of the land to present the firstborn son to the Lord and the humility in the gift of giving with the pigeons. Turtle doves. Turtle doves. Of, you know they have shells? Shells? Yeah. Turtle doves? That's why they're called turtle doves, because they have exoskeletons. That's so much fun. I think? just imagine like Mario Kart, like the little turtles that are thrown out from the cars. Yeah, son, uh, Mario Kart, that was a game that Mama used to play. <laughs> Just kidding. What, what do you think? Why, why turtle doves, do you know? Um, why no. Not, why not like an uh, ox an ox or a bull or a sheep? Do you know why turtle doves? Uh, no. So turtle doves, from what I understand, were kind of the poor man's offering. So if you were a more affluent family, you would give, here's my ox or my sheep or my ram my billy goat but the folks that didn't have a lot of money you have to scrounge up one of those little shelled birds 
So what do you think that says about the mother and father of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, foster father, and the Theotokos, the mother of God? I think it really emphasizes the focus on the eternal and okay go on the eternal soul or the eternal life is what's to be lived for where does that come from i think it's really emphasized in teachings today about the humility of the lord coming into the world within the nativity and where he was born in the circumstances the desperation and the coming of true beauty out of what seems to be you know poor circumstances Or circumstances or circumstances of the poor? I guess both would apply. I don't know if you could say poor circumstances because like the best thing that ever happened was the incarnation, you know? True, but I think even just like, okay, coming from a woman's perspective of being in labor, giving birth, the stress and the hormones and the physicality of it Mm. all. Yeah, I would assume that most people would think that not having a place to give birth to your child traveling not even having a room going into the barn would be like poor circumstances yeah maybe that's an interesting question for next week that i've been sort of thinking about i just listened to another podcast on mary did she feel the labor pangs did she feel labor Mm -hmm. pains again that's for another time but yeah you're right they brought jesus in destitution i think that says something about marriage in general a few years back there was a guy who came and spoke when I was a missionary out in West Virginia, he basically said, yeah, me and my wife were living in my mom's basement, which is kind of sad. But also, you know, this guy probably lived more joyfully than a lot of people, him, his wife, and his few kids, mm-hmm. which says it's not about what you have. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a fear I have sometimes. Are we called to gospel poverty? Are we called to spiritual poverty always? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just to know that if something crazy were to happen, if we were to go to be missionaries in Papua New Guinea, Papi, Papa, Papa, New Guinea, that if we had nothing, if we were living on dirt floors, that we could still give this child so much love. I always go back to the quote from Henry David Thoreau. He says, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Mm. And I guess that would be my hope for you, little, little Simba. Mm-hmm. That you'll never be one of those men to live a life of quiet desperation. That you'll live out loud that you'll live joyfully that you'll live in the love and the mercy of god and that hopefully starting kind of the domestic church of the family that christine and i could show you and cornelius and Mm. your sisters who have yet to be named exactly what that looks like and we don't have a lot but what we do have is is love you know yeah and i think that's what's shown in the scripture of the presentation you know a pair of doves or two pigeons to be offered to the lord and it's it's truly i feel like pointing to the true sacrifice and offering of jesus's life what's really given to the lord and what fruit that brings within his life which is truly dedicated to god in every moment a couple other thoughts simeon was a righteous and devout man looking for consolation of israel So again, here's a man that is living his life for the Lord. He's living his life looking for the resolution of the great story of which we're all a part. Holy Spirit was upon him. So we ask that just the Lord would shout us in the Holy Spirit, that he would shout our children and all those we encounter in evangelization and sharing the good news. We just pray that for you, Simeon, for everyone that before we pass, that we'll come to know the Lord with a capital K. Um... You want to go ahead and read verses 33 through 38? And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. So maybe just look over that real quick. 
I would love to hear your thoughts on that passage. I think... Sorry, Anna. Prophetess, we're cutting you out. <laughs> I think that this is one of the most direct verses that, for me, illuminates Mary in her fiat, like continued fiat, mm. um, throughout her entire life and motherhood of Jesus. Of Yes, there is this sense of the unknown of what this beautiful child of God is destined for, you know, came into life in such a miraculous way and has already been such a huge blessing, which every single child is. But Mary is told at this moment that a sword will pierce through her own soul. And I think maybe that's one of the realizations that she goes through of knowing that her son is destined for greatness, greatness for the Lord, that that will come with hardship, with suffering, with grief, and what strength she must have like in this moment of joy of her new child, of that miracle of her first child, only child. And only <laughs> no heresy on this podcast. And just the knowledge that she carries that within her heart throughout Jesus's life, you know, whether it's moment by moment or truly, you know, when the events of Christ's crucifixion and death are starting to unfold, I wonder, you know, if she remembered back to this moment and, you know, starts to really feel the sword piercing her soul. And in a sense, going back to the words of Simeon and just maybe with even consolation, knowing like this was the Lord's plan all along which is such a crazy moment of attuning to those moments of when we see God's plan kind of unfurl before us and how we can look back and see how it was for good and for his plan ultimately. Yeah, just think about a lot of parents that maybe as they're pregnant will already be praying for their future children. I remember one time I was with the family that was praying, I think for their children, for their children maybe still in the womb, that the Lord would just protect them from mortal sin. The Lord would watch over them and guide them. And I know Mary didn't necessarily have to worry about Christ falling into sin. She had to worry about what are the evils, the woes that are going to fall him, whether that's, oh, the Christ child just slipped and scraped up his knee and now he needs some motherly love, motherly TLC or antiseptic, what do they call that stuff? <sighs> Antibacterial but, lotion. No, it's like a spritzer or something. <laughs> Derma for kids. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But that or yeah, just knowing what was going to befall Christ at the crucifixion. Um but yeah, I think about kids now. That's such a scary thing to be a parent. You never know what's gonna happen with your child. Are they going to follow the Lord? Are we gonna do a good enough job? Is anyone gonna do a good enough job? Is the world gonna get to them before you can? And so you just pray for yeah, protection from sin. Or safe passage along the road of grace, I guess. That that they'll always dwell on the path of the Lord, his mercy and his love. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Well, I think that actually ties into something that I thought that I might share during this first podcast when you popped the idea upon me so recently. Twenty minutes ago. <laughs> of yeah, praying for children and I think especially in single life, you know hopefully our children, but ultimately also just like, you know, my children and what God, our. <laughs> what God decides to provide for either of us, hopefully together. But I would actually like to share a letter that I wrote to my future children. When did you do this? Uh, wow. About almost a year ago. So September 1st, 2018. Wow. Uh, and this was, that was over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> you said almost. Did I say almost over a year ago for 
my future children. And this was one of the moments where I was praying with Cody in the Adoration Chapel at St. Francis in Muncie. And I think one of those moments where God really gave me the consolation of just looking at Cody and really desiring for us to be married someday and hoping to have children with him someday. And so I'll just, I guess, read this. (laughs) It's not very long, so don't worry. To my children and for my children, I pray. May you know our Lord, sweet Jesus, that he adores your very soul. I adore you as well, even before I have met you, even before the true opportunity to conceive you. I adore you and I desire you. I want to see you smile and laugh. I want to pray for you and teach you of the love of our God. I want to pray with you when you are sad or upset. I long so deeply to care for you, to hold you when you are sad and sing to you. I wish to comfort your cries and cradle you in my arms. My beloved child, you are so precious, so incredibly loved beyond comprehension. For now, I do not even know how I love you so much before I have even met you. Every sweet moment in which I have experienced the love of our Father, I wish for you sevenfold. I think of you often, what you will be like, your likes and dislikes, favorite foods and songs to sing in the car. I wonder even what will your favorite verse of scripture be? I wonder how God will reveal this love, his love to you. I hope that I can be a worthy and loving mother. I'm not perfect. I know I have many faults as I'm sure new ones will come to light in marriage and motherhood, but my love for you will only grow, my dear child. I wish I could protect you from all the sin and evil in this world, but even as I wish this, I know myself am a sinner. Forgive me, for I love you so. I will continue to pray for you in Christ. Mom. Wow. <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever heard that. Ugh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christine and I are going to go cry. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not really a crier. He's not. But, I am. I cry enough for the both of us, probably. <laughs> um, final thoughts. That was really beautiful. We're praying for you, little Simeon, little Simba. <laughs> <Rawr>. <laughs> I think in this kind of the inaugural episode of this podcast, Dear Simeon, subtitled, A Message to Our Future Son or Maybe Child. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Again, this is the inaugural episode. Maybe this is your your birth episode. Uh-huh. And from here, we kind of want to go. I kind of want to go year by year. So next time we we share with you, it'll be here's your year one. What do we have to share with you? Year two, year thirty, year thirty three, year one hundred. Over the course of this podcast, we hope to share some of our hopes and our dreams for you. And I don't know if we can beat that letter. Uh, <laughs> Any any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I would just say we're praying for you. We, we're trying to follow God's will even closer ourselves, and hopefully that will spill out and over to our future children. We hope you can hear us. Again, we're in a computer. No, we're in a closet. <laughs> we're in a computer. Speaking into a computer. <laughs> and Christine's clothes might be dampening all the sound. She has so many of them. <laughs> With that, we'll sign off. Love, Dad, and Mom. Bye.